Hey, what's going on, friends? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast coming at you on this uh, Monday evening, the 19th of October, 2020. Today was a good day. Did my best. Put some fire under the asses of the masses. Treated people well. Had some laughs. Make people uh, feel good physically, mentally. Still telling my jokes. Hey, why did the... uh, why did the ghost, why couldn't the ghost stop sneezing? Had a bunch of boogies in there. <laughs> I got a couple others there. I'll think of them, punctuate this podcast with them. Let's see. When I left you, I was talking about dropping my father up, off up in uh, the mountains of Catskills, Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Dropping him back off to... Uh, his home. We retired up there in the mountains. My mother, my niece, grandkid, great grandkids, and uh, he had a little break with me uh, during that time. I spent more time with my father in uh, last week than I did you know, over the last thirty years. How crazy is that? And how common is that? You know, like we, I'd see my dad for. Yeah, special occasions, go up and visit it every once in a while, or uh, go up for a holiday or whatever. But my father's kind of a man of few words and doesn't need a lot of pomp and circumstance. So you know, I, I've been busy raising my family and running my business and living my life. And so it's a shame that I can say that, but that's the truth. I spent more time with him in one week of him staying at our house than I have in the last 30 years. Time will tell whether or not we have the opportunity to do this again. He's 75 years old. I talked with somebody earlier that was saying their mother, this is like a 60-something-year-old woman, their mother is 96 and still lives on her own, and they're wondering when, you know, it might be time for her to, to you know, to change that situation. Holy shit, can you imagine? That'd be like my parents saying, oh yeah, my, my mother or my father still uh, 96 and are still living on their own. How amazing is that? That some people, even in their 70s, seem like they're on death's doorstep while you have people who will live 20 years beyond that in good health and spirits. You know, I had my, my first patient this morning was a woman in her 80s drives herself over, lucid, interactive, very social, such a wonderful person. So it's pretty amazing, it's pretty amazing, Uh, human beings are amazing, they're wonderful, they're terrible, simultaneous. I've been dealing with a lot of emotions uh, involving family and um, reflecting upon my upbringing and highs and lows and where we're at today and my own immediate family that requires my attention and my children who are thriving but you know growing and living their lives you know learning and I'm watching them and my wife and I are you know happily married but we're like two ships passing in the friggin' night both work our asses off on the weekends we get a little bit of time to spend together Maybe when the kids are 
I don't know, they grow up and they get to their, they're deep into their teens, maybe they'll, we'll have a few years where we can focus on just us, but it's pretty crazy, it's, it's wonderful, it's exciting, it's, it's hard sometimes being a parent and a father and a husband and the head of a family. So here I am driving home after a long day at the office with my dirty laundry and my bank bag and a 12-pack of beer. Just want to have a couple beers tonight. I got a friend um, before I hit the rack, watch some mindless television, and within a couple hours I'll be laying in bed. I'm off tomorrow. How the hell did that happen? Um, I am on fall break for the teaching that I do. So... I'm going to carve wood all day. I have a bunch of orders to fulfill with pinekins, and I got friggin' all my equipment ready to rock and roll. So I'll be doing that. I got friggin' my friend Hack, who I served with in 1st Battalion, 6th Marines. This guy and his wife are going to be rolling in. I carved a, a name log for them, last name Hack. Large in charge, five foot tall piece of cedar. So I'm gonna cut that up, refine that a little bit, and send them away with it. And so that'll be fun. I wish this penis cap in front of me would get out of my fucking way. I'm gonna have to pass on the right here because you're slow as shit. I'm playing games with you. So yeah, my, my buddy Hack is coming in. He drives across from like St. Louis, Missouri. He's coming in tomorrow. Him and his wife. These, these people are unbelievable, man. He told me some stories. The guy likes to pan for gold. He went out there. He'll, he works his ass off, working the assembly line, uh, making Ford F-150 trucks, and I think he drives one. And there, he gets some time off. Him and his wife take a vacation. They drive places. They'll drive they once upon a time went to this place in Colorado where they packed their own uh, picks and shovels in and uh, went digging for gold, breaking, freaking digging up dirt, breaking big rocks into small rocks, trying to find some flakes or nuggets. And then he pays, uh, he, he buys online. You can go to this site that's called pay dirt and paydirt.com. You can buy your own bag of dirt that is supposedly excavated from the hills of wherever Yukon territories where there's they give you a geological breakdown I'm sure of the type of uh, land that you're going to be digging in and or that they're going to be sending you and they give you a bag of dirt a dirt bag and you can he takes a big magnifying glass and he goes through it with a pair of tweezers and a magnifying glass and he tries to find little flakes of gold and he has he showed me his little cache of gold flakes. So I think that's pretty cool. Looking for something valuable inside just a bunch of dirt. What the fuck? Why not? I think that's cool and unique. I remember back in the day, just, I mean, Hack wasn't in my platoon, but he was in Charlie Company. Hack was this big guy. He had this crazy scar running down one side of his face. He was like 
I don't know. He, I felt like he was like a, the size of a man when the rest of us were, like, bigger than a man. And the rest of us were boys. And he was not somebody you wanted to fuck with, you know. He was like an alpha. So, um, pretty cool guy, though. But I think he got cooler because he came down a couple times for the Marine Corps birthday. And we had some nice conversations. And he kind of, he throttled back a little bit. He's not the wild and crazy hack. He can tell you some stories. And I'm sure there's more where that came from. But he's a cool dude. And so the fact that he would come across and, and buy a piece of art from me and spend a little time with me on uh, my day off, it's time well spent. So that's going to be neat tomorrow. Have some stories about hack, take some pictures. You know, it's a great life, man. It's pretty cool. There's some wonderful people out there. I had some laughs, told some jokes. Showed some anti-June videos to a friend of mine tonight, a patient. Uh, she was laughing her ass off, and Cowboy Luke was, was also present. She was laughing her ass off. We're talking, telling jokes. I talked to a nurse who works in labor and delivery forever, for 20, 30 years, whatever. And I asked her something, teach me something that I don't know. She said there's something called a peanut ball, which you put between the knees of the mother who's about ready to deliver she's in labor and you put this like this wedge between their knees and it's something that they can use for mechanical advantage so when you squeeze your knees together and you have something in between it say there's like a a nerf football or something like that or a pillow and you squeeze that you can use your inner thigh muscles also called your adductors to gap, to open up your uh, pubic symphysis, to create space in the pelvis. And she was explaining about, you know, this thing called a peanut ball and how also um, strengthening pelvic floor muscles with uh, moms who've had multiple children. Uh, they can have incontinence issues and problems down the road. So Kegels, you talk about using an elevator analogy where you're going up all the way to floor 10, you squeeze, 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 like you got to hold your pee or you got to take a poop, like that, that sensation. When you do that, you're squeezing your pelvic floor. These are muscles that live right in your perineum or your taint area. And you can strengthen these areas. They're really important. You know, it might seem like it's, <laughs> it's funny, he's talking about poopy things, they're talking about genitals. Listen, this is your anatomy. You're sitting on it right now. And so it's a muscle that can be worked just like anything else. As we get older, those muscles, just like all of our, the rest of our muscles, they become weak and flaccid. You have a few children, and you can have issues with retaining your urine. Pee on yourself. All right. So I learned something with this peanut ball. Pretty interesting. I uh, told a bunch of stories talked to my friend Steve today. He's funny as shit. Uh, we're talking about stories. We're telling jokes. Told him the story, Mommy, my butt hurts about scuba diving when I was in the Marine Corps. It's a good day, man. And now, as usual, I'm plum tuckered out, and I'm ready to freaking call it an, call it an evening pull into the house, unpack all my shit, 
eat a little dinner, have a beer, take a shower, hit the rack. Maybe get some philosophizing in tonight. Listen, I want to share with you a couple things that I picked up from Alan Watts. I listened to another Alan Watts um, YouTube uh, video, audio recording basically, again last night. This is called The Web of Life. So if you're interested at all in being inspired, this guy's a fucking tremendous speaker. Tremendous orator, tremendous uh, storyteller, and... Let me find this here. There we go. So the web of life, it's like two-hour recording. So he talks about all kinds of shit. And I I mentioned the other day about muscular action and how artists and athletes and stuff, they they relax. And let's say we're doing judo, you push me, I pull you. I add a little bit of muscular action towards the end, or a dancer, I spin and I squeeze this muscle and I can spin around and leap through the air. It's the specific application of muscle, just leverage at the, at the appropriate moment, and we can do incredible things. So what does that mean for our gumption, for our um, ambitions? You know, just the right amount of ambition, the right amount of effort, at a specific time, and we can do incredible things. Any of us can. We just have to plan and train, and we can take charge, take the reins. So uh, let's see what we got. Hey, what kind of shoes do chickens wear? Reebok box. Uh, okay, so Watts is talking about. This is interesting from an anatomical and A&P point of view. All right. He said, humans are really just a set of teeth at the end of a tube with a ganglion behind it. If you think about it, that's kind of what we are. If you think about other creatures, like a dog, like a snake, uh, like a, an eel, like a dragon, like a bird, any sort of animal... They've got their face and they've got their mouth, What's depending upon what type of environment they live in. If you're a bird, you got a beak. If you're a snake, you got uh, you know a slithery body with teeth in the front. And within that slithery body, that long, slender body, or a human body for that matter, there's a tube. And the tube allows us to bring past things within our body for digestion. So we, we need to bring in parts of our world. We drink it in, we chew it up, we swallow it, we pass it along this, what's called the alimentary canal in science speak. That's our GI, our gastrointestinal system. And so how crazy is that, that a human being really is a teeth in front of, a set of teeth in front of a tube and the ganglion, they're talking about the nervous system. So that is our like computer processor that's going to allow us to sense our environment and, you know, solve problems and process our uh, five senses, right? And integrate everything. To integrate means to, um, to process information. So if I smell something, uh, oh, it smells like there's a, uh, something's burning. 
well, oh, maybe I left the iron on, or I better rush to that area of the house that I leave the stove on. So integration is from that sensory input, shuffling the cards and figuring out an appropriate response. That's what we do. So that ganglion, that simplification that Watts is talking about, um, is representative of the nervous system. Teeth, a tube, and a ganglion. That is what we are. We look at ourselves and we consider how complex we are and how the brain is the most incredible uh, structure in the entire universe. And it's amazing that all this life, you know, and it is. But on the other hand, we're not so much different than other animals. We have a face. We have two eyes, bilateral symmetry. We've got a nose to smell, eyes to see, ears to hear, and teeth to take pieces of our world and chew it up and assimilate it into our body. And from that whatever stuff, those plants or animals that we decide to eat, that gives us the raw materials we need in order to repair our body, in order to give us energy and perform other vital functions. So that's what we are. If you look at this, here I am driving down these old Pennsylvania country roads I'm looking at all the other structures that man has created with our ingenuity. Fences and roads and lines on the pavement and telephone poles and, of course, all the electronics and machinery involved in driving. Windshields. Look at how we've shaped our world and we've, we've harvested all of the elements of this world. In a way, we have kind of tamed the beast a little bit. From a chaotic environment of our earth or even beyond that, the universe, we have accomplished incredible things. And so I think we should be thankful for that and very humbled by that, that we have been able to do so much. Because we ain't nothing but teeth and a tube and a fucking little brain material. You know? If you really think about it, that's what we are. We're very simple, yet complex at the same time. And we've built this world up to be so, like from chaos, we've, we've harnessed things. We've, we've done incredible stuff. Talked about all the things that we've, we've built and this house here and it's structure and it's got its roof and all its timbers that frame it out and TVs shining in every house and And it's amazing that we've carved out this little utopia inside a relative dystopia, a chaotic environment. We have managed to survive and thrive. And maybe we can do more of that, you know? I'm all for it. But Watts is, uh, he's very, um, very listenable. He's very readable. He makes a lot of sense. I think it's something that anybody of any age can listen to and extract something from. He also talks more about um, focusing on, let's see, what do we got? Vibrations. Oh, talks about the vibrations of this world. Like 
Um, the spectrum of light that I've talked about is so narrow. The visible spectrum of light, it's just a very narrow aspect of, of the, the overall um, frequencies of light that exists. So, like, there's the infrared dimension. And a lot of insects, I believe, see with infrared. Have you ever seen the term, uh, the predator, that, that beast... The predator, that alien life form, is seeing in a type of vision called infrared within that spectrum. You can see heat very well. We don't, we don't see in that. You know, we see the ultraviolet spectrum. Now, if you go, then there's a microwave frequency, and we've perp, we've identified those frequencies and purpose them to do things: heat up, um, you know, transmit radio waves, and uh, and heat our food even. And then we've got x-rays, which, of course, we've put to use in advanced imaging and, and other purposes that I'm not even completely aware of. Um, but the x-rays, of course, can be harmful in, in large doses. So this is all about the wavelength and, and the frequency of, of energy, basically. So that's interesting. He's talking about, if you look at the way that if you, a standard frequency, uh, let's say, of light we're talking about, or sound waves. A wave goes up and down, just like a wave at the beach does. You can see the crest, and then you can see the trough. And there, you look out, you see from near to far, you can see the waves that they keep on coming. You know, and I've talked before about how the wave that we see manifested that's crashing ashore, that's not the wave. That is that is the the creation of the wave. The the, the actual um, the wave is the force that oscillates, that creates that, that moves the water like that. So the energy moves the wave and shapes it like that. The physical manifestation is a crashing wave on the shore. I hope you understand that. Okay. So there's that, and then he's talking about how sound is perceived, how the tapping of the eardrum, the, the uh, harnessing of a sound wave that reaches the eardrum and we, it's captured. It's like it goes down a long hallway and echoes and then it hits this drum skin, which is our tympanic membrane, our ear um, drum. And there's three little bones called the auditory ossicles and they vibrate. They go ding, 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 one, two, three. And these, these three bones rattle together, and then that's transformed into or interpreted in electric uh, to electric signal that's then ultimately uh, patterned in the brain and made sense of. So very, very interesting. And then he talks about embroidery again and how uh, the back of a work of art, like let's say some sort of needlepoint or um, sewing a material, uh, making the making of a fabric. It's one strand of thread or textile woven over and under and over and under and over and under and enmeshed together until it makes a solid structure. That is the simplest form of fabric and how it calls it the, the, uh, the weave and the woof. Is that what he calls it? Hold on.
the warp and the woof. Holes in fabric, yin and yang. So think about it, what yin and yang means. So you got uh, this circle, and it's cut into two, and it looks like uh, some adults spooning, like where they're having sex, and there's a, uh, one side is all black with a white spot, and the other side is all white with a black spot in it. So that is sunshine and storm, uh, good and bad, hot and cold, night and day. That is the balance of life, the web of life. You know, there are um, a net. You think about a fisherman's net, he talks about, and how the net, what it's really about is the holes, the lack of space. You've created this this um, this net material or this web. You've created space by um, weaving a structure that has holes in it like the lack of space. Like if you look at a fabric and you, a thinly um, woven fabric and you hold it up to the light, you can see through it. Okay? It, it has a material substance to it. it. You can use it and make it into a piece of clothing, like a t-shirt, because it's got threads and it's got holes. It's got all these little spaces in between it. Most of this world is space. Right? You think about if you go down from macroscopic, driving down the road, to microscopic. And the, the tiniest things that we can see under the most powerful microscope. The structure looks so much different. Uh, it made me ponder. If you think about a material, let's say we're talking about wood. And you could look at a wood in a gross specimen, like a, a cross-cut piece of pine say for one of my pinekins. It's got those tree rings and you can count them and this is how many years old the tree is. Isn't that cute? Now you zoom in and you see the internal structure of a tree and it looks like all these little straws that have been bundled up. They call them xylem and phloem. You zoom in further and you see the actual structure, deeper structure uh, and uh, organization of the tree, of cellulose. Then you go in further and you see all the chemical bonds and even further than that and it just looks like atoms and space between them. So the things that manifest in the, in the macroscopic world as we see it, as we process it from our little ganglion, our little brain, our you know, substantial brain, they're not as concrete as we, as we would like to think. Things are not entirely what they seem. We live in this world and we can process it and say, oh, I live in the here and now and these are the things that matter. But if you really think about it, if you really care to look deeply into structure and function, you will find that nothing looks like you think it is. You look at your shirt and zoom in and imagine as you zoom into that shirt, take your take a flashlight and stick it underneath your shirt and see that the light shines through. And all those little holes that are that, that cloth is made out of, or that the fabric makes possible. That 
that is extremely important. The holes are as important as the thread itself. The thread makes the holes. You follow me? And this road that I'm driving on, the, the tar and the gravel and that mixture of, of, uh, of asphalt, what does that look like when I zoom in? Here's the family, so it's going to blow my concentration. Everybody's home, pulling in at the same time. Tired as shit, I'm sore, I'm sure. But you get it. You get my meaning, right? Look into it. Check out the Web of Life with Alan Watts. I'm going to go inside and do all the things I said I was going to do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I should uh, give my buddy Rosie a call. We have some things to talk about and uh, plan our trip to Utah again. And uh, they just got shit got kanked. That's a term I want you to consider using. The term kanked, like canceled. Man, I was gonna. Have, we had a game this week, but it got kanked. So the COVID kanked our uh, trip to Arizona and Southern Utah. That sucked, Dick. Um, so ponder all these things. I'm gonna do the same. Go after. Probably do a lot better on a full stomach. All right. Think about your teeth and your t- and the tube that your body is. It's within your body. Look up alimentary canal. That is your mouth to your esophagus, to your small, to your stomach, to your small and large intestine, all the way out to your anus. One continuous tube. We are teeth in a tube and a brain material. They really boil us down to that. And we got a bunch of other organs that play roles that, that help us to process all of our food and assimilate the external world, bring it into our body and use that for sustenance repair, energy, um, incorporating the, the world, other living things into our bodies to sustain life. How fucking nuts is that? All right. Love and respect.